Hello and welcome to Humanitarian AI Today, the podcast series produced by the Humanitarian AI Meetup.com groups in Cambridge, San Francisco and New York City. I'm Mia Kosiavelli, your host, and today we're going to interview a very special guest here at the Defence Innovation Unit headquarters in Mountain View. Thank you so much for hosting us today. Mr. Mike Call. over to you. would be great to hear about you know, yourself and this uh, initiative here in Mountain View. Well, thank you. And we are happy to have you. And this is going to be you. fun. So let me start with a minute on DIU. What mm -hmm. is a Defense Innovation Unit? We are about 50 people out here in Silicon Valley and also in other offices such as uh, the Pentagon and Austin and Boston. But uh, we've been put out here to connect with the commercial companies that are out here with the realization that the commercial sector is working on technologies that are very important to the Defense Department. What we do is we take key problems that have been identified by the Defense Department and we keep track of what companies are bringing forth the best technologies in a variety of areas. We have five different areas, space, autonomy, human systems, uh, cyber, and AI and ML. So AI ML is what I run. And the idea then would be to take those two and put them together and get the best of the best working together. The draw for the companies is that they get to work on very important problems. They get to deploy their technologies in a different way and actually enter new markets because we make it easy for them to work for the DOD. Now we've made it easier to, and more friendly to do that. Right, and, and when did you actually start? I, I saw that this um, initiative is pretty new and um, it's interesting, you know, what your connection is with emerging commercial technologies and, and what brought you here. You know, you, you said, I think, 20. Yeah, we, we uh, DIU's been around since for about four years now. Right. Uh, I joined three years ago, and to answer your question a different way, I have a Air Force pilot background, and then I left and went off to industries. I'm a software guy, and then I became an AI ML person, having run a couple of startups. So. There are a lot of people like me here that have worked on both sides of the equation, mm -hmm. and we use that to, to facilitate sort of the bringing together of the best technologies and the best companies into what has previously been thought of as sort of a mysterious world of DOD, and we're trying to demystify that and make oh, it easy. Mm -hmm. So please Everybody do tell the demystification is super um, what we're all trying to understand. Yeah. yeah. What have you demystified? Well, first of all, uh, the perception and, and probably the reality is that it's hard to work for the DOD because you never know how long it'll take to get the contract, how long the sales cycle will be, how much resource you'll need. And by the way, you finally did get, get lodged and uh, you're not sure how your intellectual property will get protected and how and where will it grow from there. It's just too long, too expensive, too much resource. So what we have put together is a, a set of capabilities to streamline the contract process, mm -hmm. we can get a prototype contract done in 90 days. And that's very cool for a company. So that we have them come in here when we have a problem. We make it uh, easy to understand the problem by writing a capability statement that's short and sweet. And we ask companies, can you do this as a capability? And we don't want to take you away from your roadmap. We want you to do what you're already planning to do anyway, but mm -hmm. just do it for a different market. What are your priorities um, at the moment? What, what can people come to you and, and um, get into that kitty of, of DIU and help you with? Well, it, 
we, as I said, we have four, five portfolios, mm -hmm. and AIML is obviously one of them. So I'll start with that. But mm -hmm. AIML stands for artificial intelligence, machine learning. Machine learning. Yes, Sorry about that. No, no, no. It's good to and be. And so uh, we we are looking at a variety of things from in computer vision, and we'll come back to that in terms of XView. But we're looking for a lot of uh, things ranging from algorithms to you know sensor fusion types of things. Uh, you know, making sense of multiple inputs, reasoning with uncertainty and without a lot of knowledge about the prior patterns and behaviors of people, um, taking a look at a lot of open source data to make assertions about what's going on out there that are relevant, uh, predicting a variety of things based on large volumes of data, such as predicting when a part might fail on an airplane, so mm -hmm. predictive maintenance as an application. Uh, we're starting to think about uh, ways to take healthcare data, and we have a lot in the DOD, but use that as a way to predict certain things about diseases, about health. So, you know, while, while we're, we call, we're called a DOD, if you think about all these applications, they're really good for everyone. You know, predicting that, predicting that people may get a particular illness or a particular disease, but stepping back and saying, well, let's start working on making that better now, as opposed to discovering the catastrophic part. Of it. Oh. Is there an example that, that can share, either from the Air Force or from um, health or? Well, let's let's try the Air Force, mm -hmm. for example, uh, because it's closer to fruition right now. It's one of the, the biggest programs we've got, and it's uh, close to scaling up. We are looking at large volumes of historical data that pilots have written down and said this is this is what did or did not work mm -hmm. on this part. We're looking at a lot of information that flows off an airplane, so it's real-time data. So we've got unstructured data and structured data, real-time data and old data. It's a little bit of old and new, barred blue. And so can you pour this into a, a platform and predict that something might fail? So rather than have an airplane that is sitting, waiting to be fixed, start addressing that problem ahead of time. Mm -hmm. you know, Look, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say necessarily pull apart and send it. You know, send it away with, because it works. Because that's feels intellectually counterproductive, right? Why would I pull out a part that does that already works? Mm -hmm. But if you know that it's going to break and you have a reasonable prediction about it, you can start examining it when the airplane is down, as opposed to waiting till it breaks. The airlines do this successfully all the time. So the, our premise was: if the airlines can do this, why can't we do this? And it's working. Great. Brent and I were talking about um, something like um, the 50-year moon launch um, being being a massive undertaking and, and, and a singular focus that succeeded in, in getting that 50 years ago. Is there a big picture thing that you're working towards? Well, I, I, can't, I wouldn't say we're working on things that, that replicate the moon uh, moonshot. Mm -hmm. But it's funny you ask that question in that way. Around here, we, we all sort of refer to what, what is the moonshot for this particular portfolio. Mm -hmm. So, you know, rather than give you one big thing, we're, we're addressing a lot of interesting areas that have a lot of potential impact. Around here, we use the word impact a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly predictive maintenance is one. Predictive health would be another. We're going to talk about XView, and you'll see the impact on that. Okay. Uh, but just to touch on a couple of other things, uh, in the space portfolio, for example, our hypothesis for a couple of years has been that there's a lot of commercial Im imagery available 
why aren't we infusing that commercial imagery to solve problems by accelerating the images we've got from other sources? So the DoD, of course, has images. High altitude, lots of, um, lots of visits and things like that, but very high resolution. But the commercial, commercial uh, arena has more frequent visits, perhaps. We've got companies that circle the earth every day and take pictures. Lower resolution, but more frequency. So can we fuse that to actually make better sense of things? Can we use AI to correlate them and correlate that? But in conjunction with that, guess what? We discovered that a couple of years ago, there are not, uh, there's really not a great way to put orbit for the DOD. We, of course, have ways to do that, but we don't have an ability to do it cheaply and frequently enough. So if we decide we want to picture something or we want to find out something, you can't do it quickly. You can't do it cheaply. And so we've tried to foster a commercial market, and it's coming to fruition. You see a lot of news about SpaceX and others. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're actually helping to support the commercial industry and move into the, into the space arena. So that's another example. It's, that's a big deal mm -hmm. uh, for us. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, and this long-term thinking is, is something that comes up um, with just the state of, of um, the climate emergency, and I don't want to take us away from what we're discussing. Um, the point that I'd really like to hear your view on, uh, or our community, we're, we're exploring what humanitarian AI means to different sectors, and what does it mean to DOD and DIU? Well, for DOD and DIU, there's actually a pretty institutionalized term called human assistance disaster recovery affectionately referred to as Hatter. And we've uh, embarked on multiple ways to influence and improve the way we do human and humanitarian assistance and disaster recovery. We actually, as I mentioned, have some military people in here and some reservists, so a slight anecdote here. Mm -hmm. uh, we have people across the way that are part of the California Air National Guard Air Rescue Unit. Yeah. And we got people in DIU that work there and they tell me stories after uh, floods and even lost people that they have to pick up out of Tahoe and such, but particularly out of large disasters yeah. where they are literally flying around hunting for things that are important to them. But they're flying around and sometimes there's actually a person hanging out of the helicopter looking for real at something. Think about that. That's fairly dangerous. And, and there's a lot of time spent, a lot of energy spent. Uh, in, in doing things like that. We simply can improve that. We simply can change the mm -hmm. way we do that so we can find people faster, we can address disasters uh, quicker, yes. and be more effective of plucking the right thing, the right thing, human out of the right place at the right time. And that was sort of our thinking when we launched XFEED. Right, so okay. yes, that might be a good time to jump into, if, can you tell us about the XU and, and I see here XU challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, what, there, what is it? there are multiple things we're doing for Hatter uh, Human Assistance Disaster Recovery, but in the in this in this realm, thinking about the person hanging out of a helicopter yeah. or trying to make better decisions, what we embarked on was let's take a very very large data set and let's have a challenge that says. Help me find it out of the out of this uh, data set. Mm -hmm. Find relevant objects, fire trucks, uh, 
vehicles, bridges. Help me. Let's see how good we can be at identifying those objects, how fast we can do it, and with what confidence. Show us, bring us your best algorithms. Different side of this is, this is a way to engage companies, individuals around the world, academia, anybody. Mm -hmm. This is not just limited to the DOD. By design, what we want to do is engage the AI community, the artificial intelligence community, to address a problem that's important, but to make it fun, competitive, give them access to a huge database, and make it very compelling, uh, and have a, have a taxonomy of objects that they could find, and they could win. And interestingly enough, we had a prize mm -hmm. of several hundred thousand dollars when we did XView1, XV, but the competition was, I think, what drove people. We had over 2,000 submissions, from 105 participants, and uh, we had algorithms that were 300% more accurate than the baselines we had to date. So if you think about that, we got more creativity, we got more people involved, we got more types of companies and people involved in academic, academia. What was even fun to watch is there were, uh, there were names for the companies that they gave themselves, pseudonyms, fun names, but you could see that as they stared at a virtual leaderboard on how they were doing, if they were dropping behind, they pulled their, their solution and they went dark for a little bit and came back and gave, gave, it, gave it their all and tried again. And so I, don't, I think it's, it wasn't even about the money. It was yeah. about the ability to show that you could address a very important problem with your own brain power or a group's brain power. So when, when was that launched? That was launched last year. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah, you, and, you finished, and, and you know, the winning algorithms were actually folded into things that Google was working on and things that broader DOD community was working on. And we sent that packaged set of code and algorithms from the, from the uh, competition and sent them out to the, the guard unit that actually was working on Hurricane Florence at the time and said, guys, try this, right? and let's see what we've got. And it was pretty compelling. We, were, we would be able to look at a raw image and then put the algorithm over it and say, yes, indeed, that is a bridge that the first responders should not go over. Interesting. So, so you, you saw the results, and um, wow. Yeah. We, we very were, satisfying. We were very That's exactly yeah. the word. We were, we were cheering because it was, it's like, OK, this works. Uh, and from that, what we said was, if, if it works so well, let's do another one. Mm -hmm. uh, but now extend it to a much larger database and do another scenario rather than, the, rather than objects. Let's look at post-disaster recovery and look, let's look at structures mm -hmm. so that we can go through and figure out how damaged certain things were. What should you really address first? Is this wall deteriorating to the point where a flood will occur soon, therefore it's a crisis about to happen. And so that's the, the focus of, of XQ2. Yeah. And there needs to be a lot more hand-holding across the different silos um, across the board. What are you finding is your main resistance? What, what are you coming across and what would you like to overcome? Well, in the challenge scenario, I think, I don't think we're getting a lot of resistance, frankly. People that people that know about it, people that did it the first time, mm -hmm. they'll be in, and right. word of mouth will spread. And we have a website that's coming up that you can 
get engaged with and, and sign up. So in a broader sense, yes, there are silos of, uh, of old thinking in DOD and sort of state, sort of bureauc bureauc established bureaucracies that can get in the way. But in terms of XQ2, it was remarkable. It, everything just worked. Everyone got out of our way and said, this is an important problem to solve. It's about humanitarian assistance. Um, this is about bringing more creativity to solving that problem. And st let's start with, with algorithms, but then let's put wrappers on it with, with broader solutions mm. so that it turns into software that can be implemented on a desktop in an Air National Guard unit. And better yet, my view, yeah. somewhere in that helicopter, there is a touchscreen someday yeah. that keeps somebody from hanging out of, the, out of the backside and allows the responder to get to somebody or something in a more effective manner. Yeah, no, it's a great call to action and proof of concept yeah. and all of that. Okay, so I, I'm not sure um, if there's anything you might want to share with our community, the humanitarian AI community, on what your needs are. And um, Well, uh, the, to, to me, this is very, very tactical. It's not a strategic answer. And that is, come sign up for XU2. That's what we'd like the community to do. The more people we have working on this problem, the more brain power, the more creativity, the better results we'll get sooner. Mm -hmm. And the better results we get sooner, the better prepared we'll be for the next natural disaster. And, yeah. and that's that's what I'd like you to do. Are you are you anticipating anything like what kind of disasters? Are, you know how we you talked about you know prevention a bit earlier. What what are we trying to prevent here? I don't think we're trying to prevent. We can't prevent well, a fire. Prevent, yeah. But just yeah. Um, what are you anticipating? Well, you know, there'll be fires, mm -hmm. there'll be hurricanes, yeah. there'll be there'll be floods. Mm -hmm. But what we'd like to do is get ahead of the response. We'd like to make response times shorter because we can very quickly perhaps, you know, pull up pull up a scene and know quickly mm -hmm. as opposed to going literally going through a variety of images and human eyeballs trying to sort things out, let the algorithm jumping ahead, you know, automatically say, here here are the key points of interest. What are you looking for? Are you looking for people? Are you looking for damage? Are you looking for uh, plucking somebody out of there? Whatever FEMA, and some of these folks are on board right now for this next one, CAL FIRE, California Air National Guard, mm -hmm. NASA's disaster program. Right. I've probably missed a couple and hurt somebody's feelings. But U.S. U.S. Geological Survey. A lot of people come together this time. Last time we were almost solo. We had the NGA on board. This time, of course, they're on board too. As is the Joint AI Center. So, so the first one also caused other institutions to say, "Yes, I want in. I want to play. I want to tell you what my use case is. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you what I want to try to solve. Yeah. Help me solve for that." So, maybe it's not prevention. It's causing responses, response time, and people's, responders' energies and efforts to be focused on the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Yeah, that's so important, massively important. So is, is there anything that we haven't covered today that you'd like to share with humanitarian AI community? As I said, sign up for, for, yeah. for XP2. How, how would we do that? Uh, uh, what, what there's, a, there's a website that's mm -hmm. coming up. Great. Uh, there will be a huge database and a, and a bigger prize this time. Mm -hmm. And we anticipate 
more responses. That's what I want from the community. Did you want to maybe talk about the algorithm that won and what it did? Um, is that something that you can share? Yeah, not just yet. Not just for yet. A variety All right. of I just thought I'd throw that nice in just try. in case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll just say thank you very much for, for having us here today. You're very and, welcome. Um, yeah. Wish you all the best. And Mike, um, thank you for sharing your insights from DIU. And uh, that brings this edition of HAI today to a close. Thank you very much. It's fun having, having you here. And to everyone in HAI Meetup Group, they were launched to give AI developers a chance to interface with humanitarian actors and talk about AI from general and technical perspectives, fostering knowledge, sharing, and cross-collaboration. Thank you, and bye for now. <laughs>